Ryan, oh, you ever get shit. like a deep sense of satisfaction when you finish like one of those obnoxiously large box sets and you're like, I did it. I listened to all 12 discs. Yeah, did you just finish Fela, Cooties? No, I finished the complete Coros and Baquianas Brasileiras, which is a bunch of like Brazilian orchestra music and Brazilian guitar okay. music. Why? It was really what good. What motivated that? Uh, someone was like, this is a really good box set you should listen to. And I said, okay. And eight hours and 45 minutes later, it was really good. Especially the last hmm. disc, which was mostly Brazilian guitar, or like Brazilian jazz. Interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it to you next time we, we hang out. Mm, yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> for, the, for the rest of your life? Mm, uh, yeah. I, I guess you do have a child. You could legitimately make that excuse. Ugh. <laughs> uh, Guys, fuck Donald Trump. This is Riffin' Rock fuck Music Trump. This is Music Talk from RiffinRock.com. And, and fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Ivanka Trump. Fuck Jared Kushner. Fuck Donald Trump Jr. Fuck Eric Trump. Hashtag save Baron Trump. <laughs> Hashtag save Baron. Save Baron. That's the little kid. That's yeah. the little kid, right? They really, we should be calling Child Protective Services. We really, really should. Mm-hmm. It definitely Actually, can, makes can you we, can, can we make that a Facebook event? Everyone, please call Child Protective Services to get Baron Trump out of there. On, like on like just on some <laughs> like on some Saturday, the following Saturday, I'm going to set up an event where we're all going to look for Paul Ryan's spine because he lost it. We're all going to get together in Wisconsin. We're going to look real hard. Yeah, because the kid's got to be homeschooled. The kid's got to be homeschooled. I mean, he would... All the shit that he probably deals with, he's got to be homeschooled. Oh, yeah. Got to be homeschooled. I think uh, I think I'll play, put a call in tonight. I'm really worried that that's an abusive parenting thing going on. <laughs> but just, just, just... I'll never forget that the one video where he tried to hold his wife's hand, and she was like, nah, bruh. Not today. No. <laughs> I ain't doing it today. Like mean, every time? You're right. <laughs> he dodged him like 12 times. Really? I only saw the one video. I was like, fuck. No wife ever did that to me. Shit, I know it's over. <laughs> I'm the fucking president and she doesn't want to hold my hand? Well, I mean, I'm like imagine the highest if... fucking job ever and you don't want to hold my fucking hand? Oh, fuck this shit. This shit I mean, would work. Imagine <laughs> if he lost. She 100%... Would have left him anyway. No, she wouldn't. No, she's like he's, he, he's got. She's definitely like, planning on leaving him. He's five years away from a heart attack, and you know she's written into that trust will fund. That's true. And she probably also signed like a really restrictive prenup because you know after the fourth wedding you've got to sharpen up on your prenups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to sharpen up on your prenups. You you really you really gotta. I feel you guys. Let's talk about music, please. <laughs> Please, I'm mad at that shit. You, you don't, you don't like our witty banter. Actually, it's bedtime. Yeah, we need to do this shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's nine twenty, which means old people need to go to sleep, like me. <laughs> you guys should have saw how Alex was texting me. He's like, "Can you let them know that it's close to my bedtime?" And like, "Can you get on the podcast?" T. And I was like, "I'm fucking at work, man. <laughs> like, I'm I, I'm taking care of kids, teenagers. I can't just leave them, man." <laughs> He's like, <laughs> "Ryan's like, T. 
tell them you have to talk about Drake. I was talk, like, talk to Drake. Talk, to, talk to Drake. Talk to Drake. I was like, you motherfuckers, man. I saw much. I actually laughed out loud. But, I was like, y'all some funny motherfuckers, but man. D'Angelo, now that Drake left because you took too long, let's talk about his new playlist. <laughs> tell us about it. Oh, my gosh. All right. So Drake, uh, again, has changed the music culture uh, as not only someone who has changed his whole idea in the rec- I would even say, I feel like the whole culture changed when he did this playlist concept. Because um, not only has streaming been a big deal, and we recognize that the more songs you have, the more streamable thing, the more streamable content you have, the more plays you get, the more money you get, woo, 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 this, that, and the third. So Drake not only pushed on us the idea that I'll give you, what was it, 19 songs? 22. 19 songs? 20, 22. 22. Hit us with 22 songs. 20, like, three years ago, we would have cried for 22 Drake songs. Now we're like, it's, like, this app, not, like I said, this album, I feel like changed the culture when it came to streaming, because it, artists after him have put more songs than we would usually get. There's no such thing as the 12-song project anymore when it comes to streaming. Like, Uzi Vert just put out his album, had like 19 songs on it and half of them weren't even good but purely for you know streaming i'm gonna give you more content because that means i get more plays that means i get more money this that and the third but again drake i feel like has inspired this whole movement and not only that he forced onto us uh is it is it grunge is that what it's called grime Remind me what you yeah he forced onto the culture grime if you have never heard Grime, mm-hmm. you heard Grime at least three times on this album. Like, mm-hmm. and not just, like, you heard, like, how they sound. Like, Drake did the, you know, uh, Kakashi, you know, he stole the technique <laughs> and stole the whole vibe and hit us with that type of hip-hop. Uh, and he did it to us, like, three times. He even gave us their shit. Like, he, what type of motherfucker puts out an album and has songs on it that he's not even on. He has songs on it that he's not even on. Like, which, which, is, which is fucking bananas. But only, only Drake can do this shit, man. Only Drake can do this shit. And he hasn't given us a single music video. A single music video for any of these songs. Which still kind of pisses me off. How the fuck we don't... Like, we don't have a video for Blem. We don't have a video for Passion Fruit. We don't have a video for uh, what's the geyser? Geyser? What is it? Um, Gile Chester or GL Chester? Right, you know what I'm talking about. We don't have a video for these motherfucking hits, man. No fucking videos, man. Wouldn't the videos just be him sitting around being sad? Stop fucking hating on Drake, man. We're gonna, <laughs> sorry, we're sorry. gonna get we're gonna get to that shit, but we ain't there yet. You know we're gonna get to that shit. Motherfucking haters. A salute to my boy Drizzy, man. He gave us... He gave us... If he gave us ten of these songs, he could have had an uh, album full of complete bangers. But he put us on to artists that we probably never would have heard of. Um, Georgia... Georgia... Georgia Smith. I don't know. I'm sure I'm not saying... It's like J-O-R-J-A. 
You know, I'm t- yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's pronounced Georgia. It's Yeah, her music is absolutely amazing. I'm so glad Dre put me on to her. Um, now she's coming to Chicago this month, I think. I think my girlfriend, are, my girlfriend, and I are going to try to go see her. But he put us on an artist we wouldn't necessarily have listened to. Not many artists can do that to us, and I, I you know, actually like the songs that they force us force down our throats because Drake is really good at that. Um, and he, you know, we have a lot of songs that Party Next Door wrote, and Drake sang. You know what I mean? Which might have sounded better if it was just Party. But you know, it's Drizzy. You know what I mean? He does not play about his art. He said, "Y'all gonna give me some hits." Y'all gonna give me some hits, okay? So Party Next Door is definitely that guy right now. But um, I enjoyed half of this project. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what I got to say so far. Let's 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 start the angry banter now. <laughs> Ryan, do you want to go or should I go? I mean, I can go. Although Tangela, I really want to know what uh, what songs you really really liked. Uh, Passion Fruit, Blem. Um, that that Gleiser song. Um, shit, I'm tweaking. Let me pull up the um, off the top of the head. You know, I, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm on my phone, so I'm just not. I'm so not used to just being on my phone. Free Smoke uh, was definitely a good one. Mm, Portland, you gotta fucking love Portland. Salute to Quavo and Travis. I feel like we fuck with them. But when they came out of Portland, we were like, I need to hear I need to hear this project. I can't <laughs> wait for that to come out. Uh Sacrifices was Flame. Um I like I like Glow. I like Kanye West on Glow. You gotta love fake love and uh Ice Melts. Those are my favorites. Alright. Teenage okay. Fever. I got I got like I got like nine. I got like nine. Nine yeah. ten. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you and say I love the fucking the whole fucking project. I'm definitely mm. not gonna lie to you. Yeah, t- nine ten. That he gave us nine ten. Solid. T- Teenage Solid. Fever is a great song. I love J Lo circa nineteen ninety nine. Because that's all he did. He just like audio just slightly distorted a J Lo song and like okay, that's that's a track. I'll wrap up. I'll wrap a verse on it too. Oh man, Damn that's my boy Drizzy. How many? How... <laughs> This is the third Drake album I've listened. To. Oh, sorry, this is the sec- this is only the first playlist I've heard of Drake's. Um, and if, <laughs> actually, to be fair, if, if you're reading this, it's too late. That was a mixtape, right? It was. And, it was view- a and views was an album. It was. And so I've only heard one of each from Drake. You know, that's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm so fucking angry just because I had to yeah, say all what, that. What does the cover of this album say? That's a playlist by October Firm. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is October Firm? I don't know. The photos of his grandfather, apparently. I mean, the, oh. fo- the photo is bald. Oh, that's his grandfather. Yes. If I remember the internet correctly. Was his grandfather's name October? I, well, I don't know. But, cause, right, because you know October's very own is, you know, his label. Oh. Oh. OVO. So, so, like, anything October, that's his birthday month. So he just, you know, you guys didn't know October very own was his label. Nope, no. That's where that's where we got weekend. You know what I mean? We got party next door. We got uh, shit. Oh, weekend. We got Ray Woods. Weekend's part of October firm. <laughs> October's very own. I don't know what October's firm is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> 
Um, October's firm. No, well, I thought October firm. That's what this, like, I thought, like, the October firm produced the weekend. Uh, anyway, yeah, so this is another project by Drake. Um, cause he can't just, cause apparently he can't just call things an album. I will contest one point right off the bat. You said, you know, this is some sort of Spotify change the game thing too. Views had 20 tracks. If you're reading this had 17 tracks. So Drake just has a penchant for long winded, obnoxiously long albums. This is not like a, a reinvention of the game. Also, there was a brilliant artist recent who, like, last year, two years ago, broke the Spotify game by releasing an album that was, like, 99 tracks, and all of them were three seconds long in silence because he wanted to fuck with the the fina- the the compensation algorithm, and he just told people to put it on loop and go to bed. So, um... Wow. So Drake's not behind the eight ball. But let's, let's talk... Let's talk more life, and let's be. I'm going to be objective as I can as possible. I'm going to be. I'm going to try and leave my Drake bias at the at the door. I promise there are no Degrassi jokes on this episode. I'm working really hard. I'm I'm trying. I'm really trying because I know you love Drake. So I want to like. I worked really hard to be like, what is the Drake sound? Like, what is it about Drake that people get like? And he, all I can conceptualize is that it's like he's a good artist to listen to if you're sitting and you're really stoned or drunk and you just want like some guy mumbling in the background i don't like drake i don't recall a song where drake sounds enthused or excited to be what he's like excited to do what he does he sounds he sounds bored all the time or just kind of like free free smoke yeah basically free smoke free smoke like there is no enthusiasm in in his in his work like, it's like he's never acted in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> so like, so number like, wow. and that's to be fair that he is he would not be like like Lil Yachty at no point sounded excited to like he he kind of mumbles. There are other art rappers that have sort of the mumbly thing going, so he's not like unique in that aspect. But for me, it just stands out. Whoever this is not a ding on Drake. Unless he mixed this album. Whoever mixed this album should have their hands cut off so they can never touch a mixing board again. Because this was the, probably the one of the worst mixed albums I have heard in a very, very long time. Where every it instru- definitely wasn't 40 on this one. Where definitely every, didn't feel like 40. Every instrumental is cranked super low, and the drum beats are cranked super high. And there's some really cool instrumental beats. Like, the instrumental of Free Smoke's kind of catchy. I loved the instrumental of Passion Fruit, except for the randomly stupid false start that ruins the flow of it. But like, Is that the one with the, the six-year-old playing recorder? No, that's Portland, uh, which is when, when T'Angelo said Portland was a great song, I almost lost my mind. Like, it almost jumped out of my You don't like Portland? It is a, a bunch of recorders and a guy going, skirt, 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 skirt. Like, it is just goofy gibber. Like... If they do... The recorder and the flute are the shit right now! (laughs) Look, just because something is on fleek, as the kids say, does not mean it's a good thing. We don't say on fleek anymore! Like, Jenko jeans were once a thing. We don't always make good decisions. As man buns slowly circulate out out of the common culture, we're going, man, that was just... We did not nail that one. So there's a lot of, like, curious little, like, this has, a, reminds me a lot of just sort of, like, 
chill wave meets hip hop. So it's very chill. It's very relaxed, which can work. Mm-hmm. And there's some cool instrumentals that I, I enjoyed. There's a couple songs I did like. Blem was good. I liked it. Get It Together was catchy. But did they censor the word shit on Get It Together? Um, I had a note. Um, 4422 was good. Uh, once again... Uh, Skepta Interlude, the one song without Drake, is the best song on the album. Um, really? Skepta Interlude, I liked. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was really, and that was the same thing with. If you're reading this, it was the the interludes of Party Next Door were really good, and then everything else was. I'm like, oh, whatever. But so, Kanye, and so let's talk really quick about. Uh, uh, also, then I mentioned, but but Teenage Fever is just a cover of J Lo for some reason but i want to talk about features real quick um kanye west kills it as always like kanye kanye west probably showed up for 20 minutes dropped a line and then went home because that's probably all kanye does young thug i thought was amazing on this album um and on sacrifice and thank god he was on sacrifices because two chains feature on sacrifices was nothing short of a train wreck Uh, it was really sad and then I disagree. And then gigs, like part of what makes grime work is because the music itself is so comically over the top. Like it is cartoonishly ridiculous. And when you don't have that, the presentation like so gigs is I'm I think is a grime artist. And so yes. he's got this very grime flow, grime presentation. When all when it, all of a sudden it's he doesn't have the grime backing, it just sounds like I'm I'm it's like someone at their first time at a slam poetry at night and they don't know what they're doing. It is just nonsense what he did. It was utter nonsense. So the, 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 so in conclusion, you're left with this album that has, that has good moments. I will conclude that there are really good moments in this album. There's really fun, chill moments. There's some fun inter- instrumentals that you can kind of just like hang out and listen to. But ultimately, it's way down because this album is bloated to Kingdom Come. It is mixed super weird, where like a lot of these fun, like the chill vibe is completely over dominated by super loud bass, super loud snare hits. So like it's has this erratic contrast, and then like I don't get Drake's flow. Like he, and then half the lyrical content on this album was, guys, I was once really poor and now I'm not. You gotta be able to do something, and then I think there was one diss track somewhere in there. I, I'm guessing it was something about the the Bur- Burn Man. I'm guessing it was a Burn Man diss track because I remember that beef. I remember that beef. But there's definitely there's definitely Meek Mill disses throughout the whole album. But the whole but like he like do, like I don't he doesn't seem to have like any density to his lyrics, and he just doesn't seem interested in what he's doing. So like I'm flummoxed at like the whole Drake thing as a like is a as a huge as an altogether piece. And with that, Ryan, more life. Wow, Alex, you shit on this album more than I was going to. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I tried to be like, I tried, there were good moments. I tried really hard, but like the philosophy of Drake baffles me. Well, I mean, it's broken out into three sections. So there's three three layers to Drake. So you got the base level where he is uh, a poor man's Frank Ocean, where he's like an R&B artist. He like tries. He's sad about relationships. He's poor. He's rich. Whatever. Poor man's Frank Ocean. Wow. Yeah. You know it's true. And then you got the second layer. Wow. That's how I would describe the weekend. So that's really interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah, but like his tone of voice, like he really did try to like sound like Frank Ocean. But I'm glad. Sorry, I'm I'm glad you mentioned it, though because actually the the thing is the parts where he actually kind of did his singy thing, I thought mm-hmm. those worked, and I thought those worked better than his rap. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it pays to pretend to be like Frank Ocean. <laughs> Oh, anyway, you got God. the you got the second layer. He sounds nothing like Frank Ocean. Oh yeah, he does. And what song? To, oh, th- there shit. are many uh, moments on this album. Credit or cre- or credit. Ryan is right. Where there's a lot of moments where this reminded me of Blonde and sort of the weird trippy undertones. Yeah, I don't know. There's like an interlude where he sings. There's like whenever he tries to sing, but that's that's peak Drake. That's all the way at the top, so it's good. So his best is pretending to be someone else at their worst or just their average. So that's good. That's where we're starting with Drake. So we're going down another level where it's Drake the rapper, where he is. He's got a good flow. He's uh, he's got very nuanced lyrics. Um, he's dropping disses left and right, and people that aren't part of that world don't really get it, Alex. Um, Damn. But, like, uh, with the help of rapgenius.com, other people, other smarter people, Ryan, uh, can figure out <laughs> these these disses and the backstory to this uh, this melodrama that's going on in the, the, the rap world. Then you got the third level where it is Drake stealing other people's music, trying his hardest to like be the rapper that other people like. Oh, fuck, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how to put it. He tried real hard. He made some real interesting moves in this album. Uh, for example, uh, one of the songs he did with Giggs, where he tried to sound like Giggs or Griggs, or the fuck a homeboy's name is. That dude is lame, by the way. Not a fan of Giggs. You can't be super fucking British and try to sound super fucking hard at the same time with that goofy-ass accent. I know you're wearing socks with the fucking belts on them. I know you got a monocle. I don't even know what a metro, like a metro is, I assume. <laughs> It's a fucking cell phone store. Anyway, Giggs, get the fuck out of here. He's the worst of all of the features. But those are the things. Getting getting back to what's relevant. Drake has three layers, and they were... He shined in all three throughout this album. So I didn't hate this album entirely. I skipped more than a handful of songs. But the ones that I didn't skip, like, they actually... Uh, made me feel something other than just like pure disrespect and pure hate for Drake. Uh, and the biggest example is Lose You, or just Drake, microphone, talking shit to somebody who, I don't know, I didn't go to rapgenius.com for that song. I had better shit to do. I was doing dishes. I was like, wow, this dude is really going in to somebody. But it paid off. Meanwhile, you got his merry band of features of uh, additional rappers and musicians that really, really brought their best, with the exception of Two Chains and Gigs, they sucked. Um, Young Thug, Jeffrey, killing it. He's the only reason why I liked. Uh, was it Ice Melts? Yeah, he killed Ice Melts. Yeah, he was great. He um, Drake really fucked up that Kanye song, though. Like I don't know who invited him to the the studio that day, but they should have told Aubrey to like go fucking man the valet desk for the, the afternoon. 
because mm. that's a side job because it's the only thing he's good at. Um, but yeah, Glow was dope. Um, I really liked. There's what was it? Skip to Portland, sacrifices. Three great songs. I listened to all like all of it. It was like 13 minutes of my life gone because. Uh, the features are so good, with the exception of two chains. Sampha, I love Sampha. Tangel, you turned me on to Sampha. L- loved him. Sampha's everything he does is great. Did you watch his AR uh, Tiny Dust concert? Some of it, some of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. And oh man, I want to hang out with that dude. Anyway, uh, you guys can listen to more life if you want. Um, it's I, I would give it a C, which is. Uh, Higher than I thought I was going to give it, but whatever. I'm burying the hatchet, Drake. You, you did fine. At some point in the, in the song, uh, Portland Quavo says Michael Phelps with the swim Quavo. Moves. Quavo Quavo says Michael Phelps with the swim moves. Michael Jordan with the shoes. And I just that was a thing I heard. He also says that many times. <laughs> What's that thing that Drake kept mumbling before a couple songs? Like get, get your head right, blow, blow, get your, get it right. Like what, what, the, what was he saying? Well, he starts almost every song with, "Yep." It's like Hank Hill on on the rap beats. <sighs> oh God, Hank Hill, really? Oh yeah. my God. Yep. I can't deal with you, man. I cannot fucking deal with you guys. I can't deal with me either. Fuck. I w- I would give this one like a. Just click around and there's a couple good songs on here, but like in 81 minutes, it is an exhausting listen. It just, it is so long and it doesn't need to be. And that's like, I think one of the fundamental issues with like all three of the Drake albums, playlists, mixtapes I've heard, whatever, like he needs someone going Drake cut 20% of this cut a chunk of this album, and you're going to have a much tighter, more solid album, but he's got these long, wayfaring marathons that just feel exhausting. He's the Tolstoy of rap. You see, the joke is that Tolstoy wrote a bunch of books that are like over a thousand pages. That's a good joke. I like it. Man, shut up. Yeah. He said that was a good joke. I liked it. <laughs> I did. Why do you got to be so hateful? <laughs> that was how the fuck you said it, man. That was a good joke. I liked it. I liked it. So let, <laughs> it let's, sounded so fake. Let, let's go from the most mellow of the albums to the most purely bonkers of the albums. And if you said Rainbow by Kesha, you're correct. <laughs> how was that yep. bonkers? <laughs> Kesha's Rainbow is one of the most over-the-top over ludicrous albums I have heard all year. But that, is all, but that is all a good thing because it is one of the... I, I'm going to go on a limb, and it's going to sound ins- nuts, but this is probably one of the best albums I've heard all year. Uh, oh, yeah, Kosa. without a doubt. It is, it is a, so, a little context. Kesha's last album was, came out, like, five, six years ago? It's been... 2012. Tw- 2012. And from there, she was got into a huge... She was getting into a huge ish, uh, legal issue with Dr. Luke, her agent, producer, person, who apparently... Her, her, label, her label manager. Her That's label, label manager. And apparently, um, there's allegations of sexual of him like being sexually and emotionally abusive, and like her. 
like mm-hmm. refusing to release her music and all all sorts of kind of weird, really, really creepy shit that I don't doubt because his name is Dr. Luke, which just sounds like someone who downloads child porn. Um, wow. Yep. Fuck mm-hmm. that dark real quick. Uh, you know. Uh, but anyway, so at some point, Kesha got the, the ability to record music again. And Ke- we knew Kesha from uh, TikTok and other like and blow and other like big pop bangers um but she decided so also take a step back apparently when he she first was discovered she sent out a demo tape one song was like some trap glitch dance nonsense where she started freestyling rap halfway in between and apparently was really bad and the other one was a country song and somehow Dr. Luke, because he probably has child porn on his computer, I'm not saying he has child porn on his computer, I'm saying he probably does. So you can't sue me, Dr. Luke. Um, That's damn near the same thing. No, no, it's pro- <laughs> it's probably. he. It just sounds like the kind of person who would. Anyway, um, he went, let's go with the really <laughs> stupid song, and then we got all those goofy, that goofy nonsense Kesha had before. Now we have Rainbow, which in a lot of ways is a country pop album. There are some Agreed. traditional mm-hmm. pop songs here, but there's a lot of it is mostly country pop. Um, it is the lyrical content is borderline insane, but it's this is a but this is a genuinely super fun album. Most of the most of it's written by her, and I also discovered in researching this that she actually writes a lot of songs for other pop artists. So like she writes stuff. She wrote stuff for like Miley Cyrus and. Uh, Flow rider. And right. And so then so this is like her her big thing is like actually was songwriting for other people. So these are her her songs she mm-hmm. wrote. Um mm-hmm. clearly talking about different struggles she's gone through. And then there's just songs about having fun, having being sex positive, and um at some point having smoking Godz- weed smoking weed and having Godzilla as a pet. Because that was a song <laughs> on the album. Hell I yeah, that was. Still was fire. I adore Fire! it was because you're just like, what the fuck is this? I loved it. Though. Yes. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's completely off the rails, but in all the right ways. And like as pop albums go, I haven't heard a better pop album this year. Without a doubt. Yeah, I agree. So do you think people should uh, check it out? Absolutely. It's, number one, if you like, I think just from a normal, uh, just a general standpoint, uh, it's a really well constructed album. I think really catchy songs, well written songs. There's a couple duds here and like songs that aren't as strong here and there. Like Boots wasn't one of my favorite songs. Hunt You Whoa. Down. What? I didn't super care for Boots. I didn't super care for Hunt You Down. And the only other real gripe is I had is that it really felt like Dolly Parton recorded her take in one go, and it may have she been was for- ass. She like she sounded off the whole time. Like she like recorded for something like a different song, and then they're like, "Let's change the song." Fuck, we have this Dolly Parton recording. Let's just sort of try and shove it in the background, and let's see if it works. Like it sounded really disjointed and off. But beyond that, Bastards is a whole lot of fun. The random features of from Eagles of Death Metal of all people. Hell yeah, I was not expecting that. Spaceship is this weird hippie trippy folky country song that's just like blends like four genres together. It's it's a it's a real treat. It's a genuine treat of an album. Spaceship is the music version of the cover of the album. Yes. yes. Yeah, that cover is wild. Yeah. Ryan, tell us about your feelings on Rainbow. Well, clearly Kesha's a fan of Boston because she stole all of the album colors. 
I thought the same thing. <laughs> oh, Kesha, covering Boston, awesome. But Rainbow. Explain, explain what you mean. Explain for the what you mean for those of us that don't get it. So Boston is a band comprised of a bunch of people from the seventies that played rock and roll music, um, a literal rock and roll. Like I think they invented it, but all of their albums have these spaceships on them. Um, and so their second album specifically has a spaceship in the same spot and uh, orientation as uh, the spaceships in on Kesha's cover album. Like it's like the the same exact thing. Okay. Yeah, just go to Boston's Wikipedia page and just start looking at their album covers, and it's it's this it's it's rainbow. Yeah, you'll be like, oh, that's where Kesha got it from. Cool. Which is fine. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely got to make sure I do that. But as far as Rainbow, I loved it. I loved how cathartic it must have been for her to just be like, I'm making music the way I want to. Fuck this abusive piece of shit. Um, it's like um, Marvin Gaye, the album he did after Hear My Dear, which he was contractually had to make for his ex-wife. So he just made like a shitty album. He's like, here, my dear. Um, but the album after that, which uh, was Min- Midnight something? Anyway, it was dope. It was great. Um, it was very cathartic for him, you can tell. But it, this is for Kesha. It feels like the same thing. It's got mm-hmm. a host of great songs. I didn't, there was, in my opinion, there was not a bad song on this album. Godzilla clearly is the best song on the album, though. <laughs> Facts. Facts. And then I think followed by Let Him Talk uh, with Eagles of Death Metal, who, by the way, will come up when we review the next album. <gasps> anyway, um, right? But there's a whole... Yeah, yeah. I mean, this fucking album was great. It was... Um, I appreciated the country pop. It felt like a Miley Cyrus album, only infinitely better. And I didn't feel oh, bad for Miley listening to Cyrus. country music. Right? Right? She's the you worst. saw she did a remix to, to, to Bodak Yellow oh, after yeah. she fucking dissed the whole culture. Fuck mm-hmm. Cyrus. Yeah. Well, I'm so I, had, I, I was going to touch on that super quick because I mean, this is a something. This is part of Kesha's initial roots, but this is she is not the first one to kind of drop the big the big pop angle. Like Kesha obviously is doing this. Miley decided all of a sudden she's country again. And I didn't even, it was totally under the radar. Lady Gaga released like a folk album or something like, like to this extent as well. So like, apparently the thing is, if you're a big name pop female artist, you now just pick up an acoustic guitar now. Like it, it's super weird in, in 2017. Well, I mean, they all, like all three of those people you just mentioned were like musicians that got popular. Right. So it doesn't seem too weird to me. Like if it was somebody that didn't know how to play music and only knew how to sing, making a folk album or a country album like um, Fergie, then I'd be a little concerned. Well, that makes sense for a smart person like you that uses rapgenius.com. Yo, I think it's just called genius.com. Oh, don't put that on Rap Genius. Don't play Rap Genius. <laughs> you tried it, Alex. I did. You tried it. I was, it was a callback, T'Angelo. It was a callback. Rap Genius has officially been gentrified, though, because they've got a whole section on Weezer. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, well, first off, it's not even called Rap Genius anymore. It's just Genius.com. Yeah, yeah, they did that a little while back. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's mostly white people music. Holy shit. 
Right. I haven't been on there in quite some time, but I know they do great interviews. Mm-hmm. And it's um, if you guys use Spotify, like for somehow their services connect. So for some songs, you can just read the rap genius uh, assessment of the lyrics. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, I think this album's dope. Um, and everyone should listen to it. Definitely listen to it. Hard to hard to say anything else, guys. You guys <laughs> really kind of covered everything. Um, uh, my favorite songs on here was definitely. I think "Woman" is gonna be like a huge feminist song. Once people really like pick up the song, it's very like. I don't know the vibes. I I listened to that song like three or four times when I first heard it. I was like, this is gonna be like a huge feminist song in a little while. Like it. Just what she was saying on there. It was just a dope song. I really enjoyed that song. Um, Praying. Not too often do you hear singles like this in general. Um, I think it was a really powerful single selection from her. Um, Not only that, I think it showed her range um, singing-wise. A lot of her songs have been really poppy. And this song was somewhat soulful for her, in my opinion. Um, I definitely, I enjoy Praying a lot. Um, I, th- I heard that song and then went to go listen to the album because I felt it's such a strong song. Um, Godzilla, I listened to that song at least thirty times. <laughs> I don't know fucking why. <laughs> I just really fucking like that song, man. It's just, she came out with a song about Godzilla. Like, I don't know anybody that's ever done that before. <laughs> and it's just it's it's catchy. It's fun. Like it's just a dope ass song. Uh, Kesha, I think this is a great comeback for her. Um, she's the whole turmoil that she had with old boy. I felt like it was years. I feel like she hasn't been able, even allowed, to put out music again for years. So for her to be able to put out this type of project, um, every song felt like it meant something to her. Um, it was only fourteen songs. You know what I mean? For me, who listen, like I said, mainly hip hop, uh, you don't you don't see short trackless anymore. You see seventeen. 30, you know, not 30, but 17, 20 songs, you know what I mean? So to, to see an album concise like this to where I felt like she really sat down and said, I want these 14 songs. Um, I think it was just great to hear. It's just great to see an artist um, do that um, from my perspective. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, to Kesha. I'm excited to see what she's going to do next. Uh, she sold out in Milwaukee. I low-key wanted to go see her, but uh, it was sold out. So, uh, so Takesha is doing her thing right now. Um, great project. Look, again, looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next for her. I, I want to add one last thing before we get to the last album. That One thing I do genuinely hope is that so now we have these three strong, three super popular female artists doing more traditional instr- music with like instruments and you know, guitars, drums, bass, etc. Less of just sort of pre-recorded uh, uh produce in the studio lab kind of sounds that maybe will encourage people to, you know, pick up instruments, learn some instruments. Cause Hey, like, I want to learn how to play, ba- I want to learn how to play bastards on my guitar, mom. And mom would be like, fuck yeah, let's go to the music store and buy you a guitar. So you can do that. I, mm-hmm. I, I hope like, cause a lot of people who played music like, or play instruments, like they got super excited. Cause like they, you know, they listen to the re- they listen to records growing up. They're like, oh, man, I want to learn how to play uh, this Rolling Stone song or James Brown song or whatever it is. And, like, you pick up instruments because you want to do that. So I kind of hope maybe this encourages people to put down the DJ 
equipment and pick up a guitar. Or Except drums. for uh, Miley Cyrus. She should just quit. Making Fuck Miley Cyrus. Fuck like, you. Like, like just stop Fuck making music. Have, have, you, have you guys listened to the new album, her new album? I kind of... No. <laughs> I didn't and it only to... sold 30,000 in the first <laughs> week. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, her sister came out with an album a few weeks ago, and we can't fucking listen- sing either. I listened Fuck to it, too. and she's the better of the two. Really? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Was it Molly? Fuck Cy- her too. Molly Cyrus, just for the culture. Fuck no, her was, too. I don't know. It was like Cynthia. Who cares? Who cares what her name was? But it was better than Miley. But you know what? You know what's really fucking me up. Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. Katy Perry literally stole Molly Cyrus's look that she's of like lost, like lost white girl with the short blonde hair. What? The, why? Why did she? Katy Perry stole Miley Cyrus's look. Yeah, the short blonde hair, like going like all in and like trying to be in part of the culture, and it's just it's it's real fucked up that Miley quit. Like being a real person is not just a human piece of shit. And not Katy Perry just slot like like you saw her with um the Migos. Yeah, yeah. yeah, on SNL. That dance that she did, oh my god. Uh, she's <laughs> never gonna live that down. And then we, Taylor like, Swift's never gonna fucking live that down. What that new that new Taylor Swift song is fucking horrendous. It is shocking. It's embarrassing. Like that is so bad. It's unbelievable how bad it is. I haven't even heard it. It's really like, bad. You don't need to. You really don't need to. Like Taylor has, as as Kesha, uh, Lady Gaga, and some stupid Cyrus person gravitated towards using more instruments. Taylor Swift just decided to like record the sound of a garage door opener and tweaked it a bunch. Yeah, that's it. Because that's all. That's all she used for a while. Yeah, yeah, she, she was, was pop country. She was pop country. She had her own lane. She stayed in it, and now she thinks she's cute and start. And now she's trying to steal other people's music. Oh, now, now, now she thinks she's edgy. This is like edge swift. Yeah. Very true. She definitely thinks she's edgy. Yeah, and you're like, privileged white girl cannot be edgy. It just, it's not possible. And yet, all of them are going to release a Christmas album. I bet. <laughs> You, this December, they're all going to be. You know what band I wish would release a Christmas album? It's Queens of the Stone Age. Ryan, tell that me that would that would make my goddamn day, Alex. <laughs> don't don't you get my hopes up? But that was a nice little slide. <laughs> so um, I really appreciate the fact that Josh Hom is on two albums that we're reviewing this week. Um, so Josh Hom is the founder of Queens of the Stone Age. He's a singer and lead guitarist. And he's also the drummer of uh, Eagles of Death Metal, who were on two or three songs of Kesha. He also goes by the name Party Next Door. Um, so technically, he's on all three albums. Wait, 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 wait. I was with you until you said that shit, and you confused the fuck out of me. You can just confuse the fuck out of me. What the fuck? What? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's not Party Next Door. But he is on the Kesha album as well, playing drums for a couple songs. But Queens of the Stone Age is by far one of the best bands ever, period. Um, And they've had, since the year 1998, every album that they release is 
um, perfect, to say the least. Um, and so this album, of course, is not an exception. It is perfect. Um, and it's got some fucking great goddamn songs that are going to be like around forever. Um, and the two biggest examples are the way you used to do, uh, which I believe is the name of the, that song. The way you used to do and the evil has landed are two of the best songs of the year. Hands down without a doubt. Yeah, but it's fucking good. Goddamn rock and roll. Um, it's music made to, uh, to be played while you're driving a cool car or a lame car at a very high speed, either on a highway or through the streets of a busy city, but you should be going fast. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. I I think everyone should buy this album, see them in concert, give them all of your money. And hope that they bring you on stage and let you play drums for a few songs and then ask you to join them uh, forever. T'Angelo, what did you think of Villains? So I listened to it today at work. You guys are going to hate me for this, man. This shit was nothing special to me. You know, I listened to it all the way through and I was like... (laughs) Okay. Okay. Nothing about it was like mind blowing for me. Like I felt like the song, like, like I was, I was working, so I was listening to it. And I wasn't really, I wasn't able to like look at the song titles, but like from one song to the next, I didn't really feel like there was that much difference. Like I felt like each song sounded like the last. It wasn't, Man, we just listened to a Drake album. You kidding me? <laughs> like, but you know, like I am not like like even Alex. The way he breaks down music, I I just purely listen. Like Alex hears this, that, and the third. You like go like I think that's the difference between all three of us. We look at music completely different. And like when I'm just listening to it, like like nothing about it like moved me. Like, the lyrics didn't do anything for me. And again, I probably need to go back and give it a couple more listens. But... Well, have you ever listened to... Do you have any context of Queens of the Stone Age? Have you listened to Queens of the Stone Age before? No, 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 no. Like no. Maybe First ac- time ever hearing of them. Maybe you've accidentally heard the song No One Knows? Maybe if I heard it, but not by title, it's not doing anything for me. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that as well. Okay. Yeah, it's just I, I'm maybe if I heard that I might recognize the song, but as far as I'm concerned, this is the first. This is definitely the first album I've ever heard of, a full album that I've ever listened to of these guys. And again, I'm not saying the album is bad. I'm not saying it's it's just not exciting. It just it didn't do anything anything for me. Like none of the songs like stuck out for me. And you know I try when you guys listen, have me listening to the music that I've like never heard of before. You know, like our, like even our last podcast where we listened to two of those African albums, like that shit was different, motherfucker. Like I was like, "What is this? I don't know what they're saying," but that shit was dope. This shit didn't do anything for me. It just didn't do anything for me. I was like, and I can tell you guys fucking love these guys, but for me, it was just like, okay, maybe I'll go listen to them again. But they didn't. 
it just didn't do anything for me, guys. I was just like, okay. All right. I listened to it. Not going to lie to you, fellas. You're not going to lie. He listened to it. Yeah. I personally <laughs> think you should revisit <laughs> The Evil Has Landed. You guys are both just quiet like, <laughs> Sorry, no, I didn't realize my, my mic was off. Um. <laughs> Well, I so actually to clarify, I'm not a big Queens of Stone Age fan. Uh, their last so this it's one thing that is kind of special about doing this is Ryan and I much earlier on re- re- reviewed their last album that was four years ago. So we actually are getting the chance to review you know two of their albums, and these are actually the only two of their albums I've listened to. Completion. Uh, usually, otherwise, I'll pick a couple singles here and there and I'll check them out. But Like Clockwork is a personal favorite album of mine. Um, really, really, really liked it. Uh, and then, so then we have this album. And I was actually really, ex- I was excited, for, even though I'm not a big Queens, a Stone Age fan, I was a super, I was super excited because this, they just got a new drummer, uh, John mm. Theodore, who was the drummer for the Mars Volta, who fucking tears it up. Which I will get That's to. That's who that guy is. Yeah, so John Theodore is one of my favorite drummers, so I'm going to get to that in a second, though. But so we have Villains. Uh, this is, I think, their fifth album or sixth album so they've been around the band has been around for quite a while now their first mm-hmm. i mean josh hom has been recording music for quite a while first is kiosk and then now queens of the stone age queens of the stone age put out their first album in 98 and so this is actually their seventh album so they are I, ryan is right in that this is a legendary band that's going to be on list we're going to be seven years old and uh, whatever Rolling Stone, the magazine, if it's still alive, is going to be like, remember this band? They threw down the hibbity jibbity. Anyway, um, <laughs> I need to start. I need to start off by saying uh, I love this album cover. Like, I I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. Like, it it's fucking terrifying. It scares the shit out of me. Um, it's it's got it's just like that. It's really disturbing, but I love it. I think it's really brilliantly drawn, and I think it's just a really cool piece of artwork. Um, so and. Queens of Stone Age, known for their dirty desert rock, I think it it fits that. It also fits that the first, like within the first two lines of the album, Josh Hom mentions deserts. I had to just randomly add that little note in there because how fitting. The thing that threw me off right from the bat, though, is that this is a weirdly mixed album. It's like really thin sounding. Um, uh, like what, what do you mean by that? So, like, what do you mean by that? It's hard to describe, but so if you listen to like a song from like Clockwork, it's a lot denser, a lot more bass heavy. It's a much richer sound. This has like if you listen to the drums, they're very like the snare is like everything has a is thin like like the a lot of the lower end was is is not as present there. I don't know if it's a type of filter or how they mixed it. I'm not totally certain. Um, But one thing I will give credit for is apparently a lot of these tracks were recorded live as a band and so i think it's the song i think it it's i forget which song it is it's one of the early songs where there's actually a clap track in the background and that wasn't overdubbed that was actually john theodore who was activating a pedal with his foot that was doing the clap while playing drums at the same time because john theodore is the fucking man but we get to the larger problem that john theodore is known for bombastic drums kind of being grooving super heavy and he doesn't get to do a whole lot on this album which was a bit of a disappointment but he works really well in this in this band. He works really well on the album, and I'm glad he's in a good gig. Ryan is right mm. that Ryan is right that this is a really good album, um, but it's a weird album for Queens because it's super poppy for Queens of the Stone Age. 
It's dancey and it's upbeat, which Queens is starting to It was produced dancey? by Mark Ronson. I would call it dancey, yes. The guy that Why made, would you uh, call it dance? Um, because it's it's dancey. Like it's it's got a, it's got a very listen if you've listened to other Queens of Stone Age albums like it's not dancey. It's usually like It's not dance at all. No, it's usually dark and brooding and sad. But like Here, so from Wikipedia it says Josh Homm cites his interest in dancing working with Mark Ronson after the song Uptown Funk for the direction of the album. So there you go. So thanks to Bruno Goddamn Mars <laughs> We've got a a dancey poppy Queens of the Stone Age album. But like the song, the way you used to do that's a song where like you put on your boogie shoes and you start boogieing, or song or head like a haunted house, which sounds like a, a it sounds like a, an homage to the Cramps. So it's kind of like a rockabilly kind of groove to it as well, which is fun. Like I I appreciate that this band that's so known for dour sad music, um, is producing like upbeat happy music. Uh, Ryan is right. The Evil Has Landed is a fucking killer song. Um, one of the best songs I've heard all year. Um, and then Villains of Circumstance is a phenomenal closer. Really, really, really good. Uh, I have no bad words for it. Um, overall, it I liked Like Clockwork more. This the mix of this album is really threw me off. And I've even I looking online, people have actually made alternate mixes to like try and make it sound more traditional, which I'm not. I don't agree with. But I think it just goes to show a lot of people had a strong response to how this album was mixed, and it's just to me, it, it does it kind of it kind of throws you for a loop. But overall, it's a it's a good experience. It's a lot of fun, and um, like I mentioned in an episode you guys weren't on, it's always good to have good rock music because there's just not a lot, as many good rock albums coming out as there used to be. And you know, as much as I love other genres, rock is sort of like my my bread and butter. So whenever I hear a good rock album, I get super excited by it. So I recommend it wholeheartedly because I don't. Uh, I it's just it's a lot of aside, aside from like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, I don't rem- remember another good rock album this year. Is is rock a dying genre? It's I don't think it's ever going to die because there's always going to be you know people that want to do it. It's just like obviously no longer in the mainstream. Which is totally mm. fine, like, and that's it's a good thing um, that other types of music are getting more accolades and more attention. Like, I think so. For example, I think we're in the revel in like the renaissance of hip hop music, in the sense that you're getting all the, like these like I think like the subgenres of hip hop are really starting to define themselves, really starting to come out. You're getting like experimental hip hop. You got your cloud rap. You got your uh, you got more of your uh, you got grime. You got oh god, I'm blanking on the one I was uh, trap. <laughs> And you have all these gospel rap, gospel rap. So you're getting so like you're so you're getting people like Chance, Kendrick. I'll give Drake credit. You got Dalek. You got Death Grips. Uh, Run the Jewels. And all these guys are starting to find like these unique niches. So it's it's a so there's genres of music that are really blowing up. Where rock music maybe is stagnated a little bit. On top of that, with mm. the, with the rise of electronic music, a lot of bands that like were rock bands just traded in their instruments for synthesizers. So like Maroon Five used to be a rock band. But right, we, nothing like a rock band now. Fall, Fall Out Boy used to be a rock band. Uh, oh my god, Lincoln Park used to be a R.I.P. Chester. <laughs> the the um, Foster the People was kind of a rock band. Like, and these are all bands that if you listen to the latest album, you're like, there's nary a guitar on them. So it's just mm-hmm. it's not popular right now. And then a lot of those rock bands, it's it's kind of like a revision of the '80s where these rock bands went. 
well, this isn't popular. Let's follow what's popular. And a lot of times the results are fucking shockingly bad. So mm-hmm. it's smart that Queens of Stone Age adopted a little of it by making a more upbeat, dancey album, but they stuck to like what makes them really good, which is minor key, Josh Homme's amazing guitar tones, and songs about deserts. Oh, yeah. The deserts are key. And didn't they record this at Dave Grohl's uh, studio? They very well may have. I have no idea. I just watched Sound City, so... Um... It's, it's very interesting watching people record albums just like in a room all at once. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. But I think I think we, we, we got it, guys. Yeah. We covered oh, it. Um, Excellent. Since you guys have never listened to Queens of the Stone Age before, you have to, and write this down, listen to Rated R, which was their second album that they came out with and it is 100%, without a doubt, one of the greatest albums you'll ever hear in your entire life. God. It's short. It's like 40 minutes. As we forgot to do last episode, uh, we, we did it once or twice and then we forgot. Um, go around the table, the metaphorical table, best favorite album of this episode and worst song of this episode. So, Ryan, favorite oh, album, shit. worst song? Favorite album would have to be the... Uh, hmm, it's a tough choice. Uh, let's go with villains, and the worst song. Jesus Christ! Oh man, <sighs> I would have to say, ooh, KMT. T'Angelo, best wow. album, worst song. Oh man! Fuck it, best album. Catch up. Worst song. That song she did with Dolly Parton. <laughs> I think both of those are correct answers. Uh, I will give another check to the Kesha column. Uh, I, I just, I was just so floored by it. And uh, worst song. Ryan is right with KMT. I think that's the right answer. But I'm gonna go with Portland because uh, those fucking oh, because those, those recorders wow. those recorders belong in a, those recorders were. Banging. That is incorrect. KMT is the one where he says the Batman line, right? Yeah, he ends the song with no, 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 no. That's Batman. the fucking song. Are you serious? That yeah. song was embarrassing. Wow, the Batman line is fucking. That show is history, man. Like every motherfucker knows that's the that shit goes hard as fuck. Yeah, I, I can't believe that shit. that's the week. That shit goes so fucking hard, man. Oh, you just blew the shit out of me, man. You just blew the shit out of me. I had to go back and check. And I was like, what the fuck? The Batman line makes that whole fucking song. You guys are fucking crazy. But, but <laughs> I can't believe this shit. Bad. No, it's not. You can no, fucking... it's not. Oh, my Jeffrey God. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air over here. Rapping, trying to sound hard. Who's that dude who's like, um, everybody was making fun of him on Twitter. He was the British rapper that was like, slipping it up. Who's that dude? Yeah, he's a comedian. He's not a rapper, he's a comedian. Yeah, but like, this is what that's what gig sounds like. Oh my god, you guys fucking blow me, man. Ryan is correct. 
Oh my god, man! And I'm sorry, the not on a Batman line was like it just cemented it. Like I just listened. To this <laughs> I was like, I just listened to this stupid fucking thing. I can't unlisten to it. <laughs> and remember, folks, I own a throbbing gristle record. My opinion doesn't mean anything. <laughs> oh my god! Join us next time oh as we listen to other albums. And also, fuck Donald Trump. We don't actually fuck Donald Trump, but fuck him. I hope he never nuts again in his life. I think wow. like, like, I bet when, he, when he nuts, it's just like a little like dust cloud comes out. Just the saddest ejaculation ever. 